Hey, good morning to you. 8 o'clock on a Wednesday in a spectacular sunrise and what looks to be a beautiful day here in Indianapolis. Jake Quarry along with Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton here as well. And joining us now on the Payless Sickers Hotline, he is in his, I believe, sixth season with the title of President of Basketball Operations for the Indiana Pacers. Kevin Pritchard joins us on the program this morning. Kevin, first off, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, guys. Glad to be on. Hey, I want to begin with this. Yesterday, I know that you, you know, kind of did your season-ending wrap with the media and discussing things. For those that did not hear it, um, I've got a pretty good idea, I think, what what fans and what the media as well felt about the way this season went. Right. But give us your perspective. In your in the in the opinion of Kevin Pritchard, this season was what for Indiana? Well, I think there was a lot of growth this year. You know, we, we played a lot of players from Neesmith to Nemhard to Matherin, um, who had little or no experience. And normally when you play guys with uh, little experience in, in this in this league, it's it's challenging to win any games. Um, but um, I think a couple things happened. We've, we've got a lot of experience. Um, but I think the most important thing was um, Tyrese blossomed into this amazing player. Like we, we run our own, you know, algorithms or analytics, whatever you want to call them. We, we look at the offensive side of the ball. We look at defensive side of the ball. We, we can talk about that a little bit in a minute. But, you know, we were a really, really good offensive team with a super young team, which usually doesn't happen. And, you know, I don't want to say it fell on one person, but Tyrese's metrics or analytics were off the charts. He's a top 10 offensive player right now. And, you know, I said in the, in the, in the press conference yesterday, you know, it, he's a little like Mahomes. Um, and he's just a super exciting player, but he makes everybody around him better. He gets so many easy shots with his pace, with his ability to get by people, with his jump passing, which is totally unique in the league. Um, so I think we really set our foundation offensively. Now, that's the good. The bad is we weren't a very good defensive team. Um, I think we need some more size at the the wings. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> this is my 30-something year in the, in the NBA as a player, coach, and a and an executive. And I would tell you this, that I had more fun with this team than I've ever had in my life, just in the locker room, on the, on the airplanes. Um, they just were a great group. They connected. Um, they liked each other. They got on each other sometimes like brothers, but then it was always in good faith. And so I think we took a step. We went from 25 wins to 35 wins. I like that progression. Now we've got to take it to where we go from 35 to 45 plus. And going from 25 to 35, they say in the NBA, you know, it, there's challenges, but you, it can be done. Going from 35 to 45 is a lot harder. And going from 45 into the 50s is even harder than that. So we have some challenges, but I like where we are. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm super optimistic on our future. Um, we have three first round picks. 
albeit two are late in the first round. And then we have a couple really powerful second-round picks, potentially. Depends on how the lottery goes. But um, I think we have a lot of tools to go out and, and get some really good players. I think our real challenge for, from, from a management perspective is you take a kind of a, a slower, a steady, you know, keep building the foundation, or do you really try to go and use some of these assets and, and go get, you know, a top-level player? The trades are hard in the league. I think we've done a decent job the last few years in trades. But um, I, I like I like what we have, and, and we have just a lot of um, opportunity to uh, to improve the team. And so we're super excited right now because – the, the season's over, but yet now what happens is this is when management and the coaches get together and we try to decide what direction, what players we go after in free agency, what players we go after in the draft. How do we maneuver all these draft picks to best position us not only now but potentially for the future? And there's there's just there's a lot of different uh, opportunities that we can – we can look at we're we're starting the models right now. We can't even get to our fifth model. We've got probably fifty models to go with all these uh, assets to go get players. He's Kevin Pritchard. He's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Kevin, I'll fully admit I was certainly one that had my hand raised a few years ago. Um, pretty, you know, unhappy or uncertain maybe about where the direction was going. And, and credit to you Don't guys. Agree. <laughs> credit to you guys and your staff for I think first admitting it and then obviously pivoting to a point where there's real optimism that I haven't seen in quite some time here with your fan base kind of building off what you said there it almost seems like the thought process this offseason is less quantity based and more like high-end quality based where you, you have the five draft picks but I think you even said it yesterday there's probably a good chance you don't use all five of those where you, you've kind of shifted to where this this rebuild has maybe been sped up a bit, and now it's, all right, how do we get that that other major piece? And potentially this time next year, we're talking about a team that's in a legit playoff series. Couldn't agree more. We've, we've talked about exactly what you just said. This isn't quantity. This is now about quality. One of the things that, that, that we keep kicking around every single day is, we have such a unique group that they really, really like each other that I have to be careful in bringing in somebody that doesn't fit that, you know, like I, I am a big believer that there's a fit. And so look, we have some guys that had special years, Tyrese. I think miles had a big year and those guys are getting up in age where, you know, I kind of feel like they're, they're partners and who we bring in, you know, like, I, I think it's a misnomer that management makes the picks and coaches coach the, you know, players and, you know, the players play with the players that we brought in. You know, I'm a collaborative guy. We'll, we'll sit in the room. I'll, I'll talk to Tyrese a lot. Um, you know, this is his and Miles's culture. They're, they're kind of driving the boat. Uh, Buddy helps with that, but it, it, it really is. I don't see us bringing in five new guys. That's that's hard to do. We did that last year. Um, what it really is about, like you said, it's about finding the right person that is of the right position but also fits our culture because 
we have a different culture than a lot of the NBA. Some of the NBA has a tough culture. Some of it has a, you know, a, a me culture. Our team moved the ball more than any team I've seen in a long time. And I don't want to disrupt that. So uh, I agree it's about uh, really quality. And, you know, when we look at the free agents, uh, when we look at the trade market, we'll have to make sure that they fit with what this team is about. Kevin, do you feel like if I'm looking at building an NBA team, I'm going to use a bad analogy perhaps, but we'll do it like if you're building a, a Lego build, okay? You have the key centerpiece of the Lego, like the, the the block of Legos, and then once you get that designed, then you're just picking up little Lego pieces and attaching them here and there to accentuate the center of the block. Do you already have the center of the block, and are you in position now? Are you comfortable now with your core that you just need additional auxiliary Lego pieces, or do you still need another piece of that core to keep it bound? That's a really good question. Um, my my initial reaction: Look, the Spurs in the you know early two thousand had a theory, and I worked for the Spurs for a couple of years that you needed three real superstars, not all stars, superstars that fit each other. So they had Tim, which was the epitome. They had Ginobili and Tony who on their own probably couldn't win a championship, but fit with what Tim did. So I would say that Tyrese is that guy. Yes. Uh, Especially the hardest positions in the NBA to get right now and get at a high level, (coughs) excuse me, is a point guard and then a four man. Uh, Point guard being the hardest. If you can get that quarterback, and some teams do it differently. Like, you know, uh, you could say LeBron's the uh, quarterback in L.A. or Giannis at times is their quarterback and major uh, ball holder. And, you know, their usage rate is such so high. So I believe that Tyrese is that guy. Um, and I think uh, – I, I know he is. But I, I do believe that we need to get that – Hybrid, we look at players and in, 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 in not as one, two, three, or four, or five anymore. We look at, at a, a point guard. We look at them as combo guards. We look at them as wings. We look at them as hybrids. We look at them as power forwards, and we look at pure centers. And that's the way we play. That's the way Rick Carlisle plays. That's the way he substitutes. That's the way when we draw up a play. You're fitting into one of those categories. So I would say that getting a hybrid, a wing defender, a four, we'll be looking at those. But I also believe that this, you don't have to plug it in perfectly. And that what Rick does really, really well, I mean, we'll throw out three point guards and Miles and someone else. Uh, like uh, Aaron Neesmith, who had a hell of a year, and um, and we'll play and we'll be successful. So part of me wants to get to positions, uh, like I said, but part of me wants to just get really good talent, really good guys that fit with what we're doing too. So it, 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 it's, it's a challenge, 
because those positions are the hardest thing to get right now. Do you find Kevin Pritchard's our guest? He's the president of basketball operations for the Indiana Pacers. He's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Kevin, do you find when you look at and and I know it's probably a tired angle. I, I get it, but I think that it it still is a reality within this market. You know that you've had the two centerpiece guys that that people here, maybe even including the brass, thought were going to be built around guys in in Paul George and Victor Oladipo, that we know what happened in those cases. So does that create in you a dichotomy, an emotional dichotomy of making sure that you are indeed working with Tyrese Halliburton to to make sure that, that everything is copacetic from his standpoint, but at the same time also making sure that you're not over-investing in him should that situation in a few years come up again. Does that thought process battle within you at all? Well, I don't think it's just it, – it's a tough question, right? Um, I think we learn, quite frankly. I think I've learned. Uh, I think as leaders, um, along with Coach Carlisle, along with Chad Buchanan – I think we learn a lot. Um, I, I think one of the things that we bring is I think we're over ourselves, I guess is how I would put it. So when you when we when we go to build this team, yes, will we ask our players, our top players, you know, who really fits, who doesn't? Players players know a lot more than sometimes, you know, executives or you know, even though we've got three NBA scouts, players know a lot too. So it it would be, you know, remiss for me not to talk to Tyrese. My job is to develop a good relationship with Tyrese. I work at it. Uh, I talk to him. And that can grow deeper in the future, I believe. Uh, I wished I could have done a better job with Paul George. That was my first year. Uh, and Victor, it's interesting. Um, Victor and I were really close. He gets hurt and, you know, some things happened there. And then we weren't very close. And it's, it's now to this day where we're, we're talking some now. And, um, I really like Victor. I wish I would have worked, but back to your point with Tyrese. Yes. He, he, but, but I would say this, each individual player is different. You know, Paul or other players had different motives. And, you know, Paul was from the West Coast. Um, Tyrese is different. He He's a very grounded kid. Um, I think he recognizes that he had a great opportunity, and he took full advantage and blossomed here. He spends a lot of time in the offseason in Indiana. Last summer, he was here all the time, and he was in the community all the time. I would think that he'll probably be in this community a lot this this summer. So what does that do? Like one of the things we talk about all the time is how do we get our players to dig deep roots here and that they feel great every single night that they go home and that they understand what being part of the Pacer and part of the Indianapolis and Indiana community means. And so we work hard at that. We work it harder now than we did when we had Paul and Victor. So 
that's something that we feel like super important. Kevin, I want to go back, and again, Kevin Pritchard is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I want to go back to what you are saying about kind of the uh, need a 3-4, need a hybrid. Would you say that the the skill sets at those positions need to be more defensive-minded than offensive-minded? Well, the easy answer is we were 26 in defense this year. We were a really good offensive team. I think there's growth within our own team and organic growth with everybody, starting with Tyrese to Drew Nimhard to uh, Buddy to Neesmith, who you know had a really good year. Um, I think I think they all have to grow. Uh, Miles is already a pretty good defensive player, but he can improve too. But we also have to go get some guys that are more defensive minded too. And uh, what what has happened over the last few years in the NBA, it, it feels like it's becoming – if you ask me what the, the league was like 10 years ago and when we were making it to Eastern Conference Finals a few years ago, we had a team that could really defend and win ugly. And we, we just kind of could grind the game out. And Paul and Danny Granger and Roy Hippert and David West and George Hill – they were incredible defenders. Um, the league has trans, uh, sort of transformed right in front of our eyes, and it's becoming a scoring league. But you still got to be an average or above-average defensive team when we look at historic you know, numbers to be in the top four in the East. And we want to be in the top four, whether it's next year or the following year. Our goal is to get into that we're playing in the semis and the and the finals of the Eastern Conference Finals. And so what we're trying to do is build a team that can get there, um, and we're going to have to have some guys that can go guard Giannis, who can go, go guard uh, Tatum and Jimmy Butler and these big wings that uh, are, are super effective at drawing fouls and uh, getting easy buckets for, the, for themselves and for their, their teammates. We've got to make it hard because – once we get into a flow game and Tyrese is controlling that, we get good shots. I mean, our shot creation ability this year was incredible. It's in the top three or four in the league. What we couldn't do is stop teams from getting to the line because we fouled too much and stop teams from getting uh, easy open shots. Last one for me, Kevin, and really appreciate the time this morning. Where's that balance for you and like, all right, we got to get the highest floor possible, but also realize, you know, let's try and shoot for the moon. Like, it seemed like you took the approach last year publicly. Like, if we're going to rebuild, let's rebuild. Like, let's try and get to, you know, what you were saying just a few minutes ago about back to Eastern Conference title runs. So where do you stand on the whole, okay, let's rebuild to be, you know, high floor, consistent playoff team. But also, in this market, we have proven we can make deep playoff runs. How do we get back there? Well, I, I believe that we could do that again, first of all. But it really goes to what I was talking about earlier and how we model things out. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll look at every potential model. What I mean is, you know, a model, one model looks like how do you take, you know, the 26th pick, the 29th pick, uh, potentially the 32nd pick, how do we combine those things and what could that get and list those players 
and rank those players, and does that make us a better team? Comparing that with 50 other models of maybe you take, uh, you know, a player or you take, you know, the sixth or seventh, eighth pick plus those three picks and uh, our cap space and take on a bad contract and go get a player. So you can see there's all these opportunities for us to go get. What we saw at the trade deadline is, and quite frankly, you know, we made some of the biggest offers I've ever made, and sometimes I look back and I go, holy cow, those were incredible offers. They didn't go through, um, and that happens because in trades it takes two, two teams to agree. But I, I see us getting really aggressive. Um, I do not want to limit our upside, um, if, if you know what I mean. Like uh, sometimes with a – with a player, you can raise your your uh, floor, but sometimes you can limit your upside. And I really don't want to limit my limit our upside because I really believe Tyrese has got a big step. I I, I know Ben Matherin's got a big step. I know Drew Nemhard's got a big step. Um, if we draft some players. I hope that they'll have some ability to improve over time. When you look, by the way, Kevin, it doesn't, um, the, it doesn't happen quick. Sometimes it. Sometimes we want it to happen super quickly. Um, and and the biggest mistake I think that can be made here is is um, we try to force it too quickly, and that limits us. And so I don't want to do that either. Now, the big swings you took in trades were for who? Can't tell you that. I had to take a big swing, right? You did. It was a good swing, too. <laughs> hey. One have initials and used to play in Bloomington? Oh, you know, there's, there's, there's some guys that we like, and, you know, that it seems to be the profile. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, Kevin, um, I'll tell you two guys I, I, I love when I watch your team. I already know. I love Aaron Neesmith. I know you do. I, I think I've probably like, – You like O'Shea Brissett too, don't you? I do like O'Shea Brissett because I like yeah. guys that – I like guys that understand what their role is and that do it well and don't try – and don't draw back by trying to overstep that. And that's an outside observation. I'm not in the building, right? But that's an outside observation. But I also really like Buddy Heald because – I think that typically like receivers in, ba- in football, in basketball, your scoring wings or your outside shooters are often guys that can play kind of selfishly. I don't think he does. I he think doesn't. that he, he's he very mature. But my question is, is, it, is there a risk in overpaying for off-court contribution and the auxiliary leadership and, you know, T.J. McConnell's like a – like a coach on the floor guy that you can just tell is is a glue guy. Can you overpay for that and get too loyal to it? You know, it's probably one of my biggest detriments. Like I really fall in love with players, you know, what they do on the court, what they do off the court. Now regarding TJ, TJ made a major, major step this year. Shooting was his Achilles. 
And he was a 50, 40, almost 90 guy this year with the way he plays on defense and the way he pushes the ball. But let's, let's look at the first thing. You know, Aaron Neesmith, we did exit meetings. And exit meetings are supposed to last for just not too long. We don't, we don't go super deep. We, we, we talk about strengths. We talk about weaknesses. And one of the questions was with Aaron, and I love this kid. I mean, a yes, sir, no, sir, do anything, run through a wall for us to win. It was asked, and I think it was Coach Carlisle. He goes, you know, just out of curiosity, what position do you think you are? And what position will you play next year? And he, he literally, you know, kind of took a few moments. He's a smart, really intelligent kid, went to Vanderbilt. And he kind of thought, and he, he looked at us, and he goes, I don't really care what position I play. I just want to help us win. And, you know, Rick goes, no, no, no. You want to play the four? Do you like the three the best? Or you think you're a two or a wing or a you know combo? And he goes, I just don't care. I just want to help us win. And it was like one of those things where you need to quit asking the question because I'm telling you what I want to do. I just want to help us win. And it was like I got I got a little, uh, you know, I got excited because you can't have you can't have too many of those guys, right? You just those guys help you win. They'll do anything. And I think he'll get better, quite frankly. So um, can you overpay for guys in the locker room or great locker room guys? I suppose you could. I guess if you went and gave a guy that's an average player a maximum contract, sure. But I think it's a balance of how good they are, how much they can produce on. But I always believe this, <clears throat> and I'm striving and we're striving driving for this in Indiana is that is we really want guys that one plus one equals five, meaning they're they're When you put them on the court, they're better than individuals because sometimes I see in the NBA and I see it a lot where you see five guys out there and it equals two, uh, you know, and, and I don't want that. I, I want, I want our guys to go out there and make each other better. I evaluate, games on three things. Did we play hard? Did we play unselfish? And did we play smart? And if we lose doing those two, those three things, I'll live with it every day. And quite frankly, there were some games we did that and we lost. And that's just the nature of the NBA. Sometimes teams are better. I've resigned myself to the fact, by the way, that the numbers game are going to make it difficult on O'Shea Brissett to be back, but I'll leave that up to you. The, the, I'll let you crunch those numbers. But I do okay. love guys like that. No question about Me it. Too. Me um, too. Kevin, we appreciate the time this morning. Great perspective. And uh, I know it's going to be a busy off season, but certainly one that's going to be exciting. We'd love to have you back anytime you want to opine further about it, and we'll let you get back to work on that. But I appreciate the time this morning. Glad to be on, guys.